Howdy, and welcome to Grind My Metal Gears. I'm your host, Austin, joined by, uh, well, I'm your novice Metal Gear player, Austin, joined by Metal Gear expert, Danny. Howdy, and I think you mean to call me king <laughs> for some... <laughs> Hip, the, uh, wait, did you say what is it and you don't know why king? No, no, I just wasn't expecting that. Oh. It's... It, that shit reads so different in 2023, him calling him king, like he's simping for, for Solidus. <laughs> Every time Ocelot was like, yes, king, I was like, yeah, king, let's <laughs> fucking go. Oh, uh, that shit is so funny. Um, we are here to play more MGS2, uh, but first we do have some some breaking news. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, not really breaking, but especially by the time you hear this, but, uh, they did announce a new Metal Gear Solid game, which is probably worth mentioning on our, uh, Metal Gear podcast because they don't, they don't make those very often. How long ago was Metal Gear Survive? Survivor? Oh God. Uh, Survive was, I want to say like 2019 or something like that. It was that? 2018. 2018. Okay. And much like MGS2 technically came out in North America first by hmm. like a day. Okay, yeah, that yeah, fair enough. Uh, I remember hearing some wild shit about the story in that game uh, from I think like Jackson on an abnormal mapping podcast. Uh, so excited for us to get to that. Oh, are <laughs> we pl- promised to play? But okay. we should totally play that. <laughs> yeah, I would be curious. Yeah, I know what the story is of it, and it is a complete departure from the rest of the the series. Um, yeah, but I can't get into it without describing uh, what happens in MGS Five. So yeah, it's it's it buck wild what happens in it. Mm. But yeah, they announced apparently long rumored. I I don't follow rumors for Metal Gear, so uh, uh, didn't know to me. But um, uh, long rumored Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater remake. Uh, got announced metal gear solid delta which i don't know what the fuck (laughs) that's about i guess you have to call it something different Mm. i i want to say when you say like long-running rumor uh that that's basically just uh anytime there is like an e3 or like playstation showcase event in the same way that like bloodborne fans are always like blood bloodborne 4k remaster like we've been saying it for a while like oh i I bet they're gonna re-release the mgs collection because it's it's free money you know konami's just sitting on it for no reason which is true konami does just sit on properties because they're making pachinko machines uh but it's kind of like the 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 broken clock is right twice a day it's like if you Mm. just say it enough eventually like yeah we're gonna get a remake of it um, it's important to note that, uh, you know, obviously Hideo Kojima is not going to be involved in the production. Um, they might just be doing a straight port of it, uh, which is fine. Um, I don't think that, I think Kojima is in many ways integral to, and, and his writers are integral to the, like, overall design and direction of the original game, but I don't know that you necessarily need him on board to uh, for the remake. I think that if you were involved on the remake, that we probably would get a lot of like cool updates or just some interesting stuff thrown in there. Uh, but as it is, uh, I could see this just being almost a direct port sort of thing. Yeah, seems to be though that they're doing like full graphical overhaul, and mm-hmm. um, but I, I imagine the court game will be similar i don't think they would do like a final fantasy 7 remake like we're gonna depart from the the story you know kind of thing yeah um but important to note that they apparently did um confirm that all the original voice cast is is coming back 
Um, so you do get David Hayter Snake instead of, uh, who is it in MGS5 that people were? Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. Um, so I think, like, that's what would happen if Kojima was involved, is you would get, like, you know, uh, like, big-name actors replacing all the voice actors you like from the original. Yeah. As much as I, I love Kojima being starstruck and meeting all of his, like, big fan moments, I'm sure he, you know, which I would do the same thing, for the record, uh, like, it's just like, oh, I'm making a game, I want to meet, you know, Ellie Fanning, let me, let's bring her on kind of thing. Um, I, I do think that he would probably recast, uh, yeah, I don't know what the, what the decision process behind removing Hater was, necessarily, I think outwardly... Kojima said, like, oh, I wanted, like, a, uh, a, I feel like he said something with, like, with, like, more gravitas to their voice, which is bonkers compared to David Hayter. Like, yeah, Kiefer Sutherland has, like, this, you know, rich voice, but he also only speaks for, like, I think it's a total of, like, five minutes throughout the game. Like, if you, like, piece everything together, he doesn't say much of anything, almost mm -hmm. the entire game. Uh, but I don't know. It's, uh, one of the biggest Kojima's mistakes, I think, for them just five was was recasting David Hayter. But um, David Hayter, screenwriter of X Men and X Men Two, I believe. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, in big news, the original games are going to be uh, sold digitally again, um, which that's honestly the bigger like draw. Uh, the fact that they'll be on the digital storefront on the PS Five, I assume, basically just kind of like ported over as is um or as they were in like the hd collection or something um though of course uh mgs4 is not going to be ported over anytime soon i believe <laughs> because it is on the ps3 which uh for whatever reason sony was just like let's make this the most unbackwards compatible thing on earth because uh, the actual system architecture is completely different from every other PlayStation design. So uh, bold of them to try something new, uh, but what the fuck, Sony? <laughs> yeah, there's a reason they had to remake uh, Demon Souls to put that one on the, <laughs> the PS5. Um, but yeah, that's super cool that people can play those games a lot easier. And I think like there's been other Konami games, like I think the Castlevania games, they've done recent re-releases of those games that have been well received in terms of like hey they didn't fuck this up like this very easy thing of just porting old games onto new consoles they did not fuck that up um so hopefully nothing weird going on with those um mgs uh digital releases but yeah super cool that those are going to be more widely available and i think like on a bunch of consoles too like on switch mm -hmm. and stuff so yeah uh, that'll be cool and they because konami has fucked up ports in the past like the silent hill collection is the most famous one where it was like just mm -hmm. complete dog shit and that probably turned them off of remas remastering things for a while because i get the feeling that they're more interested in games as a business than games as an art so they really just want to go for like surefire bets uh so that's why they make pachinko machines and all that um but i guess they might they must have seen like demon souls and uh final fantasy 7 remake and, and like other things being remade and went like okay there's a market for this uh let's just hire someone else to do it for us kind of thing uh because i'm sure that that's the the more cost effective option versus making it in-house i guess totally uh well that was your your metal gear solid news update <laughs> the <little laughs> once every century news update they're finally making another new metal gear game even if it is a remake um i have another personal update which is uh I just see Kojima everywhere now, and I see, <laughs> I see his 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 influence, and also 
the things that influenced him because I watched uh, 1992's uh, Trespass, uh, a movie not worth watching. It was fine. I better than some of the other movies I've been watching recently. But there's a character in it who's called Lucky, and they call him Lucky because he like always gets uh, like bullets always miss him. <laughs> he literally tells the main character, "Bullets just go around me. That's why they call me Lucky." And I was like, "Uh, like fortune." <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, this movie does predate uh MGS two. So what I'm saying is, uh, Kojima got the idea for fortune from watching Trespass. Well, we'll have to see. We have uh, at least I have. I mean, I'm sure you'll you can get it. The creative gene. He basically uh, yeah. lists all of his influences. <laughs> we'll see uh, where that ranks in there. Yeah, not a lot of other Kojima-ness in that movie, but I did get like hit with that. It's like, oh my god, because I had like just played through that section of the game before watching the movie. Um, one other thing I wanted to say, though, uh, I, I was going to tell you this before we started recording. I was like, wait, I have to put this on a microphone in case mm-hmm. you hadn't seen this. Uh, did you see what Kojima was tweeting about Like literally at the same time? They had announced the the MGS uh, three remake. No, he was doing his classic thing of just tweeting about what like food he's eating, and he was eating like a really sad looking like can of Sprite and a little cup of spaghetti. <laughs> oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just like the funniest thing in the world. It's like Konami's announcing a new Metal Gear Solid game. Meanwhile, uh, Kojima <laughs> eating some sad spaghetti. Especially because most of the time he'll like post lunch pics like every day and it always looks really, really good. So yeah, I, I remember mm-hmm. seeing that tweet and being like, damn, let my boy cook. Fuck. This is also my opportunity to shout out. Um, I don't follow Kojima on Twitter. Uh, for a while I was out of principle. Now I'm like, I've warmed up to to the man, but still, you know, need to keep my distance. Um, but I do follow his assistant, uh, which is an excellent Twitter follow if, mm. if you're you're interested because um, it's like, what if someone else was tweeting, like third person perspective Kojima tweets, like it's still pics of him like eating food or meeting celebrities or whatever, but it's someone else just being like, here's Kojima today. <laughs> um, it's very fun. It's Werner Herzog documenting uh, <laughs> Kojima's life. Exactly. Uh, but it's very, very cool. You get lots of funny pics of him. Uh, so I forget her name, um, but I'm sure it's not that hard to find. I think he probably retweets her, her tweets of him uh, fairly regularly. But I think I had seen a photo of him wearing like a Mickey Mouse hat. He was in like Disneyland uh, <laughs> in California. Um, and her tweet was just like, like most of her tweets are literally just Kojima-san today. <laughs> um it's like hey here's here's what he's up to and it's delightful um if he wasn't on twitter i think that would be like the perfect twitter presence for him to have is like not actually be on twitter but just have his assistant being like hey here's a kojima tekken especially if if all the tweets are just kojima-san today (laughs) like yes just the absolute (laughs) enigma of kojima because i that would actually be really funny like seeing all the celebrities he's meeting up with and being like what could this mean is this is this a death stranding 2 uh a celebrity appearance well especially because it's like if kojima's making the tweet he's like oh i had uh dinner tonight with my great friend guillermo del toro <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> his assistant will just tweet a photo of like him her and guillermo del toro at a fancy dinner table and it'll just be kojima-san tonight <laughs> like it won't, it won't say hey there's guillermo del toro you'll just be the one to be like hey that's guillermo del toro um but that's fun um all right well we should talk about uh uh, the game we played, uh, or the part of the game we played, MGS2, we played 
where do we leave off last time? It was after the Fat Man fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we played, so up from that up to uh, uh, the fight with the Harrier right. and like the beginning of, um, I almost said side two, uh, <laughs> but uh, not Gundam. Uh, what is it called? Shell two. Yes. Mm-hmm. The second half of Big Shell. Um, the sequel so, to Big Shell one. So what, what happens after we've, we've fought Fat Man? Mm-hmm. Um, so we put out the put put out freeze the final C four and then we get a codec call from the colonel I believe um, and basically just like a, hey you got to go get the president these are your orders kind of thing and and that's a really important uh, line by the way Raiden asking are these my orders or is that an order uh, comes up a lot especially in this chunk of the game, and then it pays off later um, in a way that we can get into. But the more interesting thing is as we walk away, uh, who do we run into but a cyborg ninja? Definitely not an Arsenal, Arsenal Tengu. No, absolutely not, yeah. What did, what, do you have any thoughts around the, the cyborg ninja? Well, my first um, surprise was, oh, the cyborg ninja's Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't expecting that. Through, through a loop in my theories of who the cyborg ninja is um this is not the first time this gets dropped but the cyborg ninja also gives us another lale lule low drop and it's just so funny to me how characters say that like like no sell like just like <laughs> you know the lale lule low especially when someone else says like the patriots sent you <gasps> the lale lule low it's like yeah. so earnest it's <laughs> Like, oh my god, these are these are the syllables you're putting together. So you don't know who the cyborg ninja is? I don't think so. Okay. I I pegged it as soon as I uh heard the voice. Both partially because I I have played this before and I went like, oh yeah, of course that's who it is. But um but yeah, okay. I mean my only guess cause cause Russian is like, is it uh Olga, but I don't think that makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't yeah. But I'm trying to think of other Russian. I, my, I was like, is it Revolver? That would be weird. Um, mm. Maybe it's uh, Sergey. Maybe he's back from the dead. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, blew my... Oh, my God, is Otacon the ninja this time? Uh, that would be, the that'd be cool as fuck. Yeah. So, Mr. X, uh, if you'd like, ha, 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 um, is... Is there... Do they say from the Lolly Lulelo? I think so. I think yeah. that's when it comes up. I think Mr. X says, like, oh, I'm with the Lale Lulelo. Okay, yeah. Because he's like, because, like, Raiden's like, oh, are you, like, are you with them or are you with us? And he's like, neither, neither friend nor foe. I'm with the Lale Lulelo. Right. And uh, so, again, this is kind of the the first time I can think of in this section where he, like, the Lale, like, that we get discussion of not just the Lale Lulelo existing, but, like, them sending people in to, like, monitor the situation or influence the situation one way or the other. We get a lot more with that with Ames, but we'll get into that in a second. But Mr. X says, okay, you need to trust me because you have no idea where the the hostages are. I don't either, but I do know where Ames is. Ames is a Secret Service agent uh, who was referenced in the book, in the, the menu screen. Right. Who we know from that book... Uh, and this is like a really funny way of like finding out the information because if you didn't read this book, which would be totally understandable because it's several hundred in-game pages, we know that Ames is a Patriots agent. Like that is out almost outright said in the book, and that he's Natasha's uh, ex-husband. Yes. Right? Yeah. 
yeah. who who threatens to like kill Natasha after the end of um the 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 Shadow Moses incident, uh, but gives her the um oh my god, uh, gives her the fox die information. After which Natasha says, you know, I never saw him again. He must have gotten disappeared by the Patriots, and we can now glean that he was. He was ostensibly disappeared by the Patriots. There was no record of him ever existing. They, they, they said, like, oh, there's no, like, the DIA said there's no existence of, of, a, of a Colonel Ames or whatever. So uh, we can then find out that he was basically brought here uh, to monitor the president to determine whether or not the president would betray the Patriots. Again, I'm getting ahead of our, ourselves, but that's, so that, like, this is the information that we, we can kind of recontextualize from the from the opening or from the from mm-hmm. the book of the the menu but the 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 ninja says well, i don't know what ames looks like but he has a pacemaker find a directional mic and you can you'll be able to hear the pacemaker click in his heart kind of thing um and also hey you need a disguise to get around the core of shell one right and also you're not gonna uh like it's like oh your disguise will be good enough to like fool just guards walking around but to get past the security cameras you also need an ak because mm-hmm. every and then like great metal gear bullshit but like ryan's like hey wait a minute i forget the other type of gun but he's like hey wait a minute all these other guards i've seen have this type of gun not ak's and then mr x is like you fool only the 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 guards inside of the mm-hmm. core of big shell uh use ak's dummy um, <laughs> you big fucking idiot and and he gives us our disguise uh and we have to go find uh an ak to complete the disguise and right. also there's a retinal scan that we have to worry about no it gives us no advice on how to handle that although it's it's a retinal scan if you seen any spy movie ever you know what you're gonna have to do yes but i i, I did make a mistake with that when we'll, we'll get to it but um we also learn that this is not a cleanup facility mm-hmm. uh there is definitely a nuke here because ryan's like why why would they need the um the nuclear football essentially that the president had yeah which is why there was special attention paid to that one like navy guy we found dead with the handcuff like mm-hmm. on still on one arm because that's the guy that was carrying the football right which is what you call the briefcase that has like nuclear launch codes if if you don't know what we mean by football yeah it's like he had one half of the codes and the president has the other half of the codes and yeah also there's a metal gear here yeah our boy yep our boy is back rex. uh ray i have rex in my notes but yes <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the which i don't know if we were learn it here or when we're talking to ames but essentially that like the big shell was was never meant really to be a cleanup. It was always going to be a cover up for um, uh, Metal Gear development. Yeah, you know how uh, last time I was like, "Hey, getting a lot of Shadow Moses vibes from this whole big shell situation." It's literally <laughs> just what was going on um, in Shadow Moses. It's a it's a cover up. This was all <laughs> what was going on from the jump. Um, yeah. Again, I, I have I have thoughts and feelings about where I think all this is going, but I'm super fascinated by all these like echoes and parallels and just like sometimes just literally the same shit uh, happening again from the first game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I don't know if we learn it. I think we learn it when we when we meet Ames. So I'm not going to bring it up here, but um, about the na- the true nature of the tanker incident. I think it comes up later. Mm, yeah. 
But essentially, they, yeah, so they give us the the uniform, and he says, hey, good luck. Or he gives us a cell phone also. Yes. Yeah, he then cell phone and then immediately disappears. <laughs> right, 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 and looks down at this hand for like two seconds and goes like, why would I need a cell phone? And then, you know, vanishes. Uh, yeah, it's like Batman and Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> exactly. So we have to go over to the, the central core core one did you go straight there i did which was a mistake Sa- yes absolutely i i was like why the fuck can i not okay well first as you run across the bridge to core one or yeah core one uh the bridge collapses uh which i ran across and saw the cypher like uav uh vision cone coming my way so i crouched down and I, because I thought I had made it through all the collapsing parts, I did mm. not make it through all the collapsing parts. So uh, that was a re, uh, a restart. But um, so I made it into the core, and I'm, I, you know, the security cameras are fine with me. I walk up, and I see a guard, and the guard immediately goes like, "Hey, you, where's your weapon?" And I'm like, "Uh," and then the alert goes off, and I, I get uh, shot to death. Mm. This area shot me to death several times because I kept trying to be like, well. Maybe I need to knock one of them out, and then, like, because you can, in this game, you can, like, pick up a guard, and then... Yeah, and they drop stuff. And they drop stuff. So I was like, oh, you just drop, they drop the AK, whatever, no problem. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, several times failed in the section. Uh, eventually, I called the colonel to be like, hey, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and he mentions, go to strut F, the the warehouse, because now we ha- we have an updated security card, too. It's We have a level two. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I, at that point, I reset my game because I was like, fuck it. I just died like literally like 10 times. Yeah. So I, basically all the same shit happened to me, except like I got far enough. Like I wasn't getting caught by the guards that often in uh, core one, but I got up to the elevator and then was like, okay, time to, time to get on this elevator. And they're like, right. And just so you know, they're going to check you with the security cam. You got to make sure your disguise is complete. It's like, yeah, whatever. I'm wearing my disguise. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you don't have an AK time to time to immediately get all the guards trained on you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, oh shit. I thought the AK would be in core one. So I called snake uh, or Pliskin still at this point. Uh, and he was like, yeah, go to, go to strut. He was like, I think I saw one in strut F. You should go over there. It's like, thanks snake. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pliskin. Uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, instead of reloading immediately, I was like, well, how hard is it going to be to get back over this bridge? Uh, <laughs> answer is pretty hard. I kept dying. <laughs> uh, because, like, all the, the, the like, walkways, like, mostly collapse. And so you kind of have to, like, jump the gap a couple times. And I kept on just, like, backflipping off of the uh, mm. uh, the, the shell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, this sucks. I think I had done a manual save basically right before I entered. Um, uh, or, like, right after the conversation with... Um, uh mr x so i just reloaded that save which when i saved then uh i don't know if you got this at some point um but rose told me that she's like oh i i finished digging up the info on snake's burial yes um which allowed me to kind of figure out the reveal before snake and otacon tell you later uh which is um she says uh the right arm was missing from the body Mm -hmm. that and that they had excavated the body for dna sequencing purposes um and then also as she's telling me that the colonel basically cuts in mid-conversation to interrupt it uh which hmm uh but but i was obviously like oh they buried liquid like they buried liquid and said it was solid snake yep and we also know like as soon as yeah as soon as you hear oh the right arm's missing 
it's like, oh, it's because it's on Ocelot. Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, Ocelot got his arm from, and that's why he keeps going, oh, liquid, brother. Yep. Uh, so that was cool. It was cool to see that. Also, because I died a bunch of times trying to uh, get across the bridge, um, I mean, still abusing save states and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I actually saw the mission failed screen, mm-hmm. like you had t- told me I should pay attention to last time. And yeah, very different from the last one. It's almost like a like a digital readout, like a... Mm-hmm. Like a, uh, it looks very video gamey in like a diegetic way, uh, which I feel like is all I want to say because I don't know exactly where some of the stuff is going, but it's like, it's like mm, this is like it's all fitting together for me. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, it's like way different from the other one. It's got like all these kind of I don't know what any of these numbers mean, but it's got like a bunch of like data readout uh, underneath like the continue and exit. Yeah. Um, the the only one I can parse out with like understanding is there's one that says like alert numb and i noticed that that uh, number went up along with how many times i got an alert so i think i'm at like at 18 alerts right now uh it's oh i ha- i see that now i have alert number zero fuck off because <laughs> i because I'm, I'm a pro yeah uh well and especially because i keep running into these situations like all right i gotta figure this out and the gate the gate to the game's credit it is clearly signposting that you're not supposed to be here but my my little baby brain is like oh i must i must be doing something wrong it's like no the game is is very uh, like you know again i'm like oh like there are so many guards here this is so unfair how why is it so hard to get through here and the answer is because you're not supposed to be there yet dum dum mm-hmm. so i went over to strut f i got c4 i got claymores i got yeah i have a bunch of those at this point i was gonna say i got a i got box four i got box four means i have i have one through, five. one through five yeah yeah did you do the thing uh, that we talked about last time and used box five to get the camera early? No, I didn't. Because box five is the one that has like zone of the enders on the side of it, which mm-hmm. is just like a fun little thing. But when you use that in the, um, it's in the like, uh, what do you call it? Like the mail room? Yeah, like the, the shipping. Um, it's like, it's in uh, strut E. Yeah. Um, you, you like stand on one of the like ledges next to like this big conveyor belt system with one of the boxes equipped and it'll take you to a different location based on which box you have equipped box five takes you further inside of that strut past a level five door um that you wouldn't be able to access at that point otherwise and inside of it is the digital camera that you have uh back at the first mission with snake on the tanker um not that i have like much to do with it other than i guess i can take pictures that then show up in like the main menu um uh, and like it saved your memory card or whatever, which was like a novel thing to mm. do on a PS2, I guess. Um, but I just thought that was cool that like, oh, that worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like the sequence, like the the way it all plays out of you like getting in the box and then walking onto the conveyor belt and then going around the conveyor belt is like like a fun little uh, in-game cutscene. So I did that. I also think at some point I was like, um, I forget when, but at some point I used it to like get around the the ship more easily i don't know i think i had to go oh i think it was like going at the end of this play session like going to um strut d i think is the one that that leads to the bridge that connects shell one and shell two i think it at that point i was like close to the like fast travel location anyway that i hopped in the box that took me to the um kitchen and that was close to strut d yeah that makes sense um the uh oh i saw i did a um a uh, uh, save point at one point because uh or i guess okay so we get the c4 get the ak we can go back to core one um you f- uh, fun fact you can use the c4 to open up a locked locker 
Oh, I was wondering how you get into those. Yeah, so I believe that's the only way. It does, if there's anyone on that floor that's awake, it does trigger an alert immediately. Um, mm. I did that, and then to one of the lockers in the core, uh, set off an alarm, but I was like, ooh, like I, I equipped my AK and like walked away like, oh, damn, what was that? <laughs> well, all that was in there was ammo for an M4, which I don't have yet, so I was like, well, that wasn't worth it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, you can do that. Uh, so after we have the uniform, we can go in the elevator. It scans us, and it's like, oh, cool, you have the gun. Clearly, you're fine now. You go in, go down to B1, because that's where they, they're holding the hostages, um, and that's where the retinal scanner is. And I think I saved here just because I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to drag this guard to the retinal scanner. Let me save just in case so I can, like, reset if I fuck it up or whatever. And I got a conversation with Rose where she was like, she didn't seem to know much about Raiden's past. And that was yeah, like, I got this one too. Really distressing to her. Um, there was a, a time I called later and cause it, you know, Raiden's like, I really don't want to talk about it. When I get back, I'll, fi- I'll tell you finally, like, you know what? Like I'll, I'll bear it all just once I'm out of here. Um, and in a later co- uh, save conversation, uh, Rose is like really pushy about it. Like, She's like, I just can't, I can't bear not knowing this stuff about you. Like, you know, why, why can't you tell me? Da 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 da. Um, which poisoned by the fruit of knowledge, I, <laughs> I think I understand why she's being so pushy. Um, but I could be wrong. I, I have to, rem- I have to remember something. But, um, or I, I, it's, it's one thing or another, depending on which, which is true, which is always the case. But. Either way, um, just like Rose is giving me like, I mean, all the all the characters are giving me weird vibes. Like everyone seems to be except for Snake and Otacon seem to be pushing Raiden in a way that's like against his best interest. I think like the colonel is just straight up being like, yeah, like lying to us for sure. Uh, and he keeps saying like, oh, I don't you know, this is the first time I'm hearing about this stuff, da 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 da, um, which he said that a lot to snake as well yeah again very reminiscent of what's going on with the colonel in the first game though in this case we have the difference between how you react to that kind of thing where raiden is like like generally just like okay well as long as it's my order i'll do it whereas snake immediately was like fuck you colonel but um so yeah there's a lot of weird stuff going on uh with the codec that uh, I'm curious to see where it all goes uh, and why the Colonel and Rose are both being such assholes. Um, but how did you handle the retinal scan? Well, I think I I went down to B1 like you did and then was like, but also you see on the elevator there's a B2 and mm-hmm. I've played video games before. So I went down to B1 first and was like, okay, this is where the retinal scan is. And I like kind of walked around because I'm in my disguise and see like, okay, there's a couple guards here. So I'm going to have to do something with one of them on the retinal scanner. But let me go check out B2 first. So I hopped down to B2 before I even bothered with the retinal scanner. And B2 is basically where you pick up the directional microphone and also meet a, a, a parakeet. <laughs> there's, a, there's a parakeet in the... <laughs> in the lab down there that just says like i forget what it's i think he time just says like hey or time, yeah, <laughs> time i was like what is that and then like walked up close i was like oh there's just a there's just a bird down here um i'm trying to think if there's anything else exciting um in b2 but i think it's just hey that's where you get the directional microphone um yeah so i i did the same thing you did except i went into the retinal scan thing first um because i was like oh the directional mic will be in there i'm sure uh 
and then I ran around there trying to look for it, and the uh, eventually I called the colonel, I think, and then the colonel talks to you, and then Rose cuts in and is like, oh, why don't you try B2? Maybe it's down there. Mm. I was like, okay. Uh, I will say, to do the retinal scan, I thought... Like, I grabbed the guard and killed him. Uh, like, I choked him out and killed oh. him, and then dragged his body to the, the retinal scanner. It doesn't work. You need them to be alive. <laughs> I didn't realize well, that. Well, see, I tried to tranquilize the guard and still drag the body, and that didn't work. Mm. Um, I guess because I've tranked him and he's asleep, so his eyes aren't open. But again, I've seen movies before. You just, like, peel their eye back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to, like, hold them in a, in a chokehold. Um, and then bring them over to the retinal scanner, which meant I had to look up how to do that because I hadn't done that before. Mm. Um, I was like, I, what what combination of buttons do I have to press to make this work? Yeah, I think if you call the colonel, he says something where he's like, go up to him and press the, the combat button or whatever. Uh, and be sure to, you know, shoot out their radio so that if they happen to get away from you, they can't call for backup kind of thing, which is an interesting thing i guess the the parrot in the b2 is really interesting uh in terms of metal gear lore <laughs> really yeah uh, it's not really a spoiler so because uh one of the bosses in mgs3 has a parrot and hideo oh. kojima one time <laughs> jokingly said that they're the same parrot or that like one is like the grandson of the other parrot uh-huh but and, and people are like Oh, you know, parrots can live to like fifty years old. There's a chance that one is the mm. like it's the same parrot, and I'm like, okay, I don't think that's the case, but because uh, because the parrot is significant, uh, we'll, you know, we'll come back to the parrot uh, in this in this game. I mean, <laughs> is Captain Hook one of the villains in MGS <laughs> three? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you have to swashbuckle uh, in MGS three. Uh, uh, so yeah, the, the oh, and also if you have the directional mic, you know how you if you press triangle while you're aiming it, uh, you say like, are, are you aims? Yeah. If you do that enough in front of the parrot, the parrot starts oh. saying it too. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's. I a, was wondering if there would be something like uh like dynamic with the the parrot like that. That's adorable. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, I also triggered alert here because I bumped into someone with the uh the guard uniform on and that like auto triggers an alert and i'm like oh man hmm. i also this is my first moment where i like i realized i had some like my biggest issue with this game is how narrow everything is like all the pathways are all very narrow especially going in between struts like it makes sense because it's an oil platform but it makes it so that if you alert in one area you're essentially like you have to ride it out in that area like, if you try to run to another area, you essentially run right into the arms of another enemy, because the enemies, when you go into a new area that's on alert, they spawn in at the the, the entrances, essentially. And there's nowhere to really hide from them, unless you were to, like, run off and, like, jump over the railing kind of thing. So, I was having some friction with the game here about that. I think part of that is just, like, me not taking the time to, like, handle a situation. Well, then the, the other problem is that if you do have an alert, you're, you kind of either have to shoot your way out of it or just die. Because, like, again, there's no way to really run away from people. There's nowhere to hide unless you happen to break eye line and get into a, a locker. Well, that's what I was going to say. How often are you able to get into a locker or, like, Snake has um, told me before and I was like, silly S Snake, you don't know about save states. I don't have to worry about that. But... <laughs> He he's told me before, like, 
oh, if you're if you're uh, trying to get out of view of the guards, uh, find a fire extinguisher and shoot that because mm. it'll create like smoke cover, and then you can like run away. Um, I think he's told me some other things where I've just kind of like forgotten about it, or like, oh, that doesn't matter, Snake. I'm, <laughs> I've got zero alerts. <laughs> um, but it means my ranking is going to be entirely uh, inaccurate <laughs> at the end of this game. Um, I-, I have been able to get into lockers a few times, but most of the time when I alert someone, it's like not a place that has a locker. Sure. Yeah. But it's fine. Um, I eventually was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to like really take it to. Because especially because knocking someone out with a trank dart in my on normal mode just means you get more guards. So um, there's some plan you can do with that where there's only one guard per floor, I believe, that actually checks in. So if you knock out everyone but them, you're fine. So I got a little better as it went on, but I was like, mm, there's a little bit of friction here. I didn't have too many issues like bumping into guards and stuff like that and like alerting them. Uh, so I was mostly having a good time with like, oh, this is neat, like being in disguise for once and mm-hmm. like just getting to walk around amongst the enemies. I feel like what I what little I do know about MGS3 is that's a big thing in that game, right? That you can put on disguises that let you just kind of like walk around freely in certain areas. And I feel like that's like a a stealth element that was missing from the first game so it's very cool to see it show up here yeah uh it's not like a big thing there's one area where it's a a big thing okay um the the bigger thing in mgs3 is uh camo customization oh okay i think i'm getting that mixed up which there i mean there but you're right there is a disguise section in, in mgs3 as well but the uh the there's a lot more in mgs3 in terms of like both customizability like you can have a bunch of um camos and stuff but as a result of that there's like a lot more hidden objectives and stuff like that like uh Mm. you know uh, it's not really a spoiler i'm not you know it's whatever um but like the difference between killing a boss versus using a tranquilizer to defeat a boss uh you get like a, a camo for for tranquilizing them to death not shooting them to death so there are like a lot of like cool things like that where it's like oh you beat the game with the uh Suchinoko in your in your inventory that means that you get this face paint oh you you know tranquilize this guy that means you get this face paint or or this camo or whatever so there's a lot of like cool stuff in MGS3 uh, MGS3 is really the launching off point of like interactive game design or like dynamic game design like you said like with the parrot where it's like oh if you say this with a parrot, it, it starts doing this. MGS3 has like a shitload of those things where it's like, oh, you left out spoiled food and a guard walked by and ate it. Oh. Now the guard is sick and you can sneak past kind of thing. There's a lot of really cool dynamic sure. ways of handling situations there. But makes sense why that'd be the one they would remake then if it's mm-hmm. like real systems heavy like that. Mm-hmm. So we make our way to the core again um, and we meet up with Ames. Did you have any trouble finding him? Uh, I have in my notes, got him on the first try. Same, yeah. Um, this was pretty easy. It's not like there's a lot of like misdirections of like you hear sounds that you think are like a pacemaker. I also figure like, well, he's not going to be in the like start of the room. So I literally just made my way to the back of like the hostage area. And then like the third or fourth person I held up the microphone to was him. It's like, okay, cool. I will say it was really interesting with where I lined up the microphone. It had him and a lady behind him in the same shot. So you heard two heartbeats. And obviously uh, we know Ames is a man. So like I didn't, I knew it wasn't the lady, 
but it is like kind of interesting that you have it, it it would layer in two different ones so there i guess there is a chance that you could have it go in one direction or point it in a direction where you have like five people's heartbeats and you know okay it's one of these five but but yeah it's not hard to find them and he's he thinks that you were sent in by the lolly lule lo which which he was as well he was is there on behalf of yes um something also to say about aims that came up for me earlier i've been trying to be better this playthrough or this play session about um just checking in with snake seeing what's going on what what he can tell me Mm -hmm. and when i i called him after mr x tells us about aims um and Raiden's like, oh, this Ames guy, do you know anything? And Snake kind of like hesitates. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, no, I don't know anything. And Raiden's like, hey, what, what's up with it? Like, you, you clearly know something. And uh, Snake's like, uh, like um, way to push that off to the side is like, oh, I must have mixed him up with someone else or whatever. It's like, hmm, okay. Um, so Snake, Snake knows something. But yeah, he's, he's like, oh, la la lu la And he's like, here to keep tabs on the president is like the thing we learn right like there's like a lack of trust between the lale lulelo and the president mm-hmm. um and this is where we learn a lot of stuff we already kind of talked about about like the the football um that's that the terrorists now have um and how it's like a specialized one now it's like future tech stuff of like the the football has to be like in sync with the president's vital signs like his heartbeat his brainwave patterns his blood pressure all have to be like within certain parameters for it to allow him to um give the the code to launch the nuke yeah so it has to be given willingly essentially yeah and also the football is also the key to metal gear ray um which is interesting um trying to think of other other stuff we learned from Ames. Uh, we we learned that big shell specifically built to develop a new Metal Gear model, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense with what Mr. X told us, that uh, Big Shell already has a nuke on it and that it's not really a decam- decontamination zone. Well, and, and it not only was it just built for... It wasn't like, oh, luckily the sh- the tanker like sunk and that gave them the excuse to build this. No, they, they say that the, the tanker sinking was part of the plan all along, essentially. Yeah. Um, which given that Ocelot perpetrated that, and also that Ocelot is listening into our conversation before we switch on to uh, nanocommunications, which is basically telepathy. <laughs> like, it implies then that Ocelot is also working on behalf of the Lollilililo, because... Wait, R- run that by me again? <laughs> so, so Ames says the sinking of the tanker was planned. Yeah. Ocelot sunk the tanker. Right. Therefore... My read of that is therefore Ocelot works for the Lalelulelo. Is is it implied that the the Lalelulelo planned the sinking of the tanker? I I think that's what Ames says. Yeah. Okay. Coupled that with after when Ocelot comes out and is about to shoot Ames before he has his heart attack. Uh, right. He says something to the effect of like, "Oh, you failed in your duty, Ames. You know, oh. you didn't keep tabs on the president." That was my read, at least. I don't know if that's confirmed, necessarily. And that's not me playing coy of like, ooh, the fruit of knowledge. No, I really don't remember mm-hmm. uh, how it all plays out. Uh, but my read of it was, oh, Ocelot. Because especially when Ocelot is talking about singing the tanker, you know, he's like, oh, sorry, Sergey. This is, I'm not going to sell this to you. I have bigger plans, you know, things that you can't even imagine. And he, he brings up the Lalu Lalo. God, I fucking trip over that. He brings up the Patriots. <laughs> 
uh, to the commandant, and the commandant's the la 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 la. So at least if he doesn't work for them, he at least knows them and knows what they want and knows what they're doing. But given that Ocelot, you know, at the end of MGS one is like, yes, Mister President, I'll do what you want. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Who knows for sure, but my impression is that he's he's on Team Patriots right now. Gotcha. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we get from our this like conversation with Ames. Um, Raiden mentions a hostage being killed, and Ames oh, is yeah. like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, and then we get the the like ransom come back up, and again he's like, "What? There's no ransom. They don't they don't care about money." Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I guess we learned this in the the next part, right? But we kind of learn more about like what the terrorists like actual plans are and not what the colonel's been telling us right though i will say even in mgs1 going back to mgs1 again there is a thing in that where they basically say we don't really care all that much about the ransom we just want to make our own little outer heaven here or fulfill big boss's wish or whatever so there is a chance that they actually don't care about the ransom and like the colonel's not lying about that like he maybe was told that there's a ransom but there's not um because they don't really care about it but but yeah i don't know well we did this is like the second time someone's told us like ransom no because like fat man told us that as well like fat man literally laughs at us when mm-hmm. we, we bring up the ransom it's like oh is that what they told you well and same with like when we bring up the, the what about the toxins did they spill out and snakes like oh yeah what are you talking about there are like no yeah. toxins here which again makes sense because it's like oh this isn't like a decontamination uh zone or whatever so like None of that is uh, actually uh, going on here. Um, but I think that's that's like most of the conversation with Ames. Um, I guess the other thing he, he tells us in this the initial like part of the scene is um, that they moved the president to Shell 2. So he's no longer here. Because that, that was our initial objective was like um, find out where the president is by talking to Ames. Um, and I mean... It is called Big Shell, but there's only so many places he could be. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, they moved him to the Shell 2 core. It's like, okay, no shit. Um, but then we um, we stopped this conversation uh, because, uh, quote unquote, Snake uh, walks into the, the kind of side room where Ocelot is. And so we use our directional microphone to listen to Ocelot and Solidus Snakes or uh, King <laughs> as, as Ocelot calls them, uh, their conversation, which I think is where we learn the real juicy stuff. Yeah. Also, I love during this conversation that uh, depending on where you aim the mic, how close you are to the speaker, the subtitles are smaller or larger. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a really cool effect uh, going back and forth. Uh, but yeah, we learn that Fat Man really did go rogue. Like that wasn't yep. uh, an act or like whatever. He really was just like, fuck it. I'm going to blow this place up. Which is starting to sow some seeds of discord between the 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 three of them because someone else comes into the conversation later. Basically, like, hey, you know, the sh- the ship is falling apart. We need to actually like you know really focus in right now, uh, kind of thing, and figure out who this uh, intruder is and figure out who the cyborg ninja is and all this other stuff. Um, Ocelot also implicitly is betraying uh, Solidus because, remember, he watched us uh, through the camera and uh, before we switched to nano communications. And then when he's talking to Solidus, he's like, yeah, we have to figure out where this this intruder Mm. is. Hmm. Let's find out. Hmm. Um, And then he starts going. uh, He he starts going through it again. He's like, oh, my arm. uh, This damn liquid arm. uh." 
Well, did you catch what he what he's talking about before that happens? They talk about like the surgery he got to have it have it put on, and he's he's talking about like the surgeon that did it, and he's like, "Oh, I should have never trusted a Frenchman." Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Solidus is like, "Do you know how much we paid to get you? Like, we got the best transplant surgeons in the world." And, and Ocelot quote, "I never trust a Frenchman." Uh, which yeah, like God bless. Which we then find out that I guess the Frenchman then sold that body to Snake and Ocelot. Yeah, I guess so. Or they stole it. I don't. I don't know which. But well, they did. Well, Rose does tell tell us uh, that like they excavated Snake's body, and that the the purpose was for DNA sequencing purposes. Maybe that's when they excavated it. I thought but I'm that, guessing not. I'm, or I'm or guessing maybe it. they're they excavated. Like, I think they excavated it for DNA testing when Rose was like, "Hey, is this really solid Snake?" Uh, and, they, and they they pulled the body and went, "Yep, it's genetically the same," which makes sense because they they're clones. Yeah. Well, the, so the big things we learn are like. The the president is currently cooperating with Dead Cells demands. Um, that they've like already entered the codes. Um, uh, for like the launch sequence or whatever. I think it gets said, and that like the way the the football also works is like it's got to be like reconfirmed every like hour. ten minutes or something like every, that. Every or hour, hour, yeah. yeah. So they they're basically like we got to keep the president alive for another hour so he can reconfirm. Um, so learned that their plan is to. L- so they like they've got their hands on a nuke and they're but they're not going to nuke anybody um they're going to detonate i think we learned this from ames after the conversation yes um but we we learned that like they're not gonna kill anybody with the nuke they're gonna detonate it at high altitude um to cause an emp um with the goal being to like liberate manhattan for themselves Yes. And turn it into outer heaven. Yes. I don't know if that specifically gets said outer heaven, but there's mention of outer heaven. It's like, oh, okay. So, oh, I think Ames is like, oh, they want to turn Manhattan into like their own like, uh, like version of paradise or something like that. It's like, oh, so you, you mean outer heaven. Well, and Solidus literally says like outer heaven is so close. Yeah. And the, yeah, it's literally like the, the plot of Escape from LA where they, you know, they, yes. they, they nuke in orbit because Ryan is completely out of the loop. Like, after their conversation, he is just like, what is going on? Like, why is the president cooperating with these guys? Who is this person calling themselves Snake? He's just like completely unmoored from everything. Uh, and that's when, yeah, Ames is like, well, here's what's like, they're not going to nuke anyone. Like the nukes were the goal, but they're not going to nuke anyone. They're going to release a electromag. It's, it's an EMP, but they call it an Emma, an electromagnetic something, something. Uh, it's like an mm. Emma wave, uh, which Emma, Emma, obviously we, we, we know about EE, but um, so they're not just name dropping it. But yeah, so they're going to make Manhattan this outer heaven. Uh, Ames gives us a level three card. Yes. I was like, oh, Pog, let's go. Oh, I had forgotten that he had given us a level three card um, <laughs> when it mattered and then was like, oh, right, I have that. I can go to go to that door mm-hmm. and get the thing. But yeah, he does give us a level three card and then. How does Ocelot come up in this? Um, uh, oh, like he, he comes out. Like yeah, he, he, he just, the so yeah, Olga. Oh, also Olga. Olga comes in and is like, "Well, I know the cyborg ninja's not one of my men." And Ocelot's like, like she pulls a gun on Ocelot, saying, "Like you know, basically like how how do I know it's not you?" And because yeah. you just you just watched as my father died. You didn't save him. Um, and and he's like, "Daughter of of Sergei, don't ever let me." 
see you point a gun at me again. And she's like, fine, I'll shoot you in the back. And I'm like, hell yeah, fucking get him. So yeah, there's a lot of like anger flaring up between them. Uh, You know, Solid is like, stop this infighting. We have shit to do. Outer Heaven is so close. So eventually the conversation ends and yeah, Ocelot just like comes out and you have like, Ames is like, get your AK. You know, you have a 10 second timer and I thought you had to grab your AK out and then like walk away. Same. <laughs> and Ocelot was like, hey, where are you going? And you get gunned down. Yeah, yeah very weird that they give you a, a timer there. Yeah. First, I walked towards Ocelot to be like, oh, don't mind me, sir. And he's like, hey, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I must have to walk away. So I walked away and he's like, hey, where are you going? And I was like, okay, I'll just stand here. And, you know, he he comes up and is like, you know, what are you doing here? Like, what? why are you talking to this guy? And Ames is like, oh, I felt ill, and, like, uh, you know, I told him to take my tape off my mouth so I wouldn't die or whatever. And Ocelot's like, hmm, the DIA are second-rate liars. Like, we know, I know that you're here with the Lalulule Low, uh, and you, you, you failed, like, you've, you're here to keep tabs on the president, and you failed in your duty. And he points a gun at Ames, but then Ames mysteriously dies of a heart attack yeah he gets fox died he gets fox that's, died. To- that's totally what happens right <laughs> i i don't know that it's been said but yes it definitely is what happens yeah for the record that's not me being like oh yeah this happens because i've played this before i i just like i don't remember most of this game i don't remember i'm just now realizing except for like big points uh i completely forgot this is how he died so i was like oh maybe i guess he must he must have died from fox die otherwise he just died coincidentally and even if it's not it's definitely another one of those like clear parallels to the original game of like oh you know this the this guy who's basically like an informant for for the the player character dies mysteriously of a sudden heart attack Mm. um so then ocelot's like who are you and you get demasked you don't even like well like raiden willingly takes it off (laughs) he's like let me show you my long long beautiful locks (laughs) um like, I have R- Raiden please in my notes, and I think that's it. I'm like, don't just give yourself up that willingly, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, Ocelot's like, who are you? And, and Raiden's like, yeah, you got me. I'm just some guy. <laughs> like, he doesn't, try, he doesn't try to say, like, oh, I am S- Sergei, Lieutenant Sergei. And he's just like, oh. <laughs> so he's about to get shot, but then in a near recreation of a previous scene from MGS1, uh-huh. A cyborg ninja comes down and is about to cut off his arm, but then Ocelot's like, nope, nope, not going to happen. Which means Mr. X can't be Ocelot, which was one of my thoughts mm. when I realized Mr. X was Russian. But I was like, well, here they are in the same room, so. It's true. Um, but I guess it could be Olga. She could have left that conversation and very quickly put on <laughs> her speed. cyborg ninja. <laughs> that's, that's funny. It's like running backstage to do a, a costume change. Um uh so yeah uh, and then the rest of the scenes basically you, you just get away uh not much you know uh, of importance happens there yeah you like they like it like the game puts you after the cutscene in like um the kind of area of b1 before you go into the room with the hostages and then it's like oh you got to get out of there quickly like they're on to you um oh yeah like you kind of have to rush out of the core um and then you end up back up on like the connecting bridge between the helipad and the uh, like shipping room. Yeah, and this is where this is again where I had friction because this is a point where, like you said, there are a lot more guards and everything because they are 
you know, on high alert. Uh, so there's a lot more, like, it's harder to dodge people because there are just so fucking many of them. Because mm. you don't have your mask anymore, so they, they can just find you. But I found, I went to, I remembered that in the, I think it's Strut F? Maybe it's the one that has like two levels of it. I remember that there were level yeah. three doors in there. So I ran over there and got a grenade launcher and a sniper rifle. I don't know if I got the grenade launcher. Mm. Yeah, there were there were two or two or three level three doors in that uh, that strut. Uh, I think I just like happened to walk into the one with the sniper first. and was like, cool, got what I came for. Mm. Um, but also I did not. Well, so, so walk me through what you did next. and I'll, t- I'll tell you how I did all of this. Uh, so then I, I made my way up to the connecting bridge between strut one and two mm-hmm. and uh, died about 15 times mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't realize that there would be a cutscene after you got all the control units, um, of which there are like 10. More um, Semtex control. Right, units. yeah. Snake's uh, like, hey, there's like... IR beams. If you go past the IR, it'll uh, blow up the beam. Or blow up the entire area. Uh, so yeah, you need to shoot all the control units. There, are, he doesn't say, but there are ten of them. Apparently, on hard mode, there are twelve. Because I had to look this up. I was gonna say there were not ten on my version. Oh, okay. Um, and I was looking at a uh, a guide, which made me realize I needed the sniper mm-hmm. uh, because that that this was my whole thing. I was trying to do all this with a pistol. Oh my god! Trying to shoot the um uh the cipher that mm-hmm. has a control unit on top of it was impossible with uh with just the pistol and so i looked up a guide it's like what am i doing wrong um and then it was like like oh you can shoot out a couple of these with the pistol but you'll need the sniper for the rest of them it's like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> didn't realize i needed a sniper so then i realized like oh right we've got the level three key card let me go back to the storage area because i knew there were some level three doors there um did not get the grenade launcher which makes me think it's too late for me to go back and get that um but that's fine. I'm not really going loud into a lot of encounters. Um, but yeah, then I got the sniper. And so I, when I was, I had the guide up and I, I wasn't like reading the guide for every location, but I happened to see one that was like, oh, there's one behind the flag. Um, there's like a, which this is a thing to put a pin in, I assume, but there's like a, there's like a flag on the other side of this connecting bridge. That's like the American flag, but it's got the like, don't tread on me snake. Mm hmm over top of it it's like a combo of those two flags and it also uh when we see him in a little bit uh solidus snake has that as like a patch on his um uh like outfit he's wearing um that same don't tread on me snake flag um uh but the the guy was like oh there's one behind the flag and i was like uh not for me there isn't (laughs) which that's when i realized like oh yeah there's probably like more of these uh on harder difficulties so for me there was like a couple on the bridge itself um, there was one behind me, uh, like directly behind me over top of the like entryway. Um, then there was one on top of the cipher and I think like one, maybe two on the like opposing walls. Um, but that was it. So maybe like seven total, I think. Mm. So for me, there was one behind me, two by the gates, one just kind of like down the way a little bit, two on the far wall, one on a pipe that was like obscured by a bunch of seagulls. 
You had to, oh, you had to like, yeah, shoot, I didn't have that one. You had to like, shoot the seagulls to disperse them, and then like one behind the flag. Uh, so yeah, it was it was like, what the fuck? Like, what am I missing? I had to look it up. And once, like, it was funny. Like, I kept going, like, man, it'd be funny if there was a control unit, like, he, this place, that place. Like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if they hid one behind a flag? And then they did. I was like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, shot all the things. And yeah, the the fact that there's like the Gazden flag on t- like merge with the American flag. I'm like, damn, this fucking game is calling a lot of shots about like how that flag. Because I think this is like before the libertarian movement that we have today really started forming back in 2001 mm-hmm. i'm sure it was there but not like how it is now uh so the fact that like you know outer heaven is always kind of like this like libertarian paradise of like soldiers fighting free from ideology or whatever so like kojima and 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 everyone like calling the shot of how this would be used for like horrible terroristic things like damn kojima you you got it yeah definitely interested to see uh like why that stuff's being deployed in the way it is um but definitely Mm. definitely stood out to me um in this section but yeah so defuse all the ir sensors um and then um also like did you did you have a moment where i was like like the first time i got up there with just my pistol i like shot out a couple of them that i saw on the bridge i was like okay surely that's it and then you try to walk across the bridge and I got like a warning, like a one-time warning from the colonel that's mm-hmm. like, right, and there's still bombs to defuse. Don't walk across the bridge yet. Um, and then I like shot one more and I was like, oh, surely that's it. And then walked over and it exploded. <laughs> so like a couple times where I thought I had gotten all of them, um, but because I had already burned the one-time warning from the colonel, like he doesn't warn you again. So it just, it just blows up on you. Um, yeah that's the thing i didn't get i didn't get the warning again so i was like oh must have i must have uh gotten all of them and then nope i also after dying enough times snake eventually calls me and is like you're not being careful enough and i was like oh, oh. sorry dad <laughs> yeah i um i think i was able to get all of them but the one on the cypher without a sniper rifle so like surely that's it and then I, once i realized the one was on the cypher i was like okay what am i doing wrong and then, yeah, so you, you, you walk across, and then we get our first, like, face-to-face encounter with um, Solidus Snake. Does, does he get called that by Ocelot, or is him calling himself that, like the, or, like, the title card showing up on screen during the scene? It's, it's like, just the, the title card. Okay. At, at this point, the only time we've heard Solidus is, I believe, from Ocelot in MGS1. I don't think he said it so far yet here. Yeah. And Solidus is still insisting that he is the real Solid Snake um, at this point. Though recognizing that Solid Snake also is a real person that exists and is in a helicopter, like, he doesn't say, like, you're not Solid Snake, I'm Solid... Like, he, he calls, like, Snake brother and and everything yeah but it's the like i guess the idea of like you know he's i'm the real solid snake you're nothing but an imitation kind of thing he also calls himself i'm the boss to surpass big boss himself Mm -hmm. bigger boss bigger luke (laughs) we also so oh i will i will say before before solid solidus comes out we do have a conversation with snake and he's like hey i i commandeered a helicopter uh, Aksatka. Aksatka, yeah. Uh, he he disabled one and got the other, and he's gonna use it to get the the hostages. Because um, mm-hmm. uh, and us and uh, what's his face? Raiden's like, do you know how to fly a helicopter? And and he's like, oh, I have someone who does. And then you get introduced to Otacon. Right. 
but it's more convoluted than that because he's like, well, I have someone who can pilot the civilian model of the Kasatka. Yes. <laughs> but it's basically the same. So I have someone that can pilot the Kasatka. It's like, you could have just said that, dude. I didn't need, <laughs> didn't need that. But you get like, again, it's like the clear like uh, like military otaku coming out mm-hmm. from the people who make these games of like, well, the civilian model model number whatever is very similar to the the real kasatka so one could potentially fly a kasatka <laughs> if they knew how to fly the civilian model and yeah it's otakon uh he's here our baby boy yes i like how uh otakon had such a glow up between games like he's so confident uh, mm-hmm. in himself now uh, in the first game he would have been shitting himself in this situation um but he's he's uh he can hang now um, oh yeah which i'm impressed yeah, and he he and Ter or he and Otacon Snake are officially designated terrorists for destroying Metal Gears, um, which and also they get like blamed for the the tanker incident, basically, right, 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 right. So, which it's funny, <laughs> it's funny. At one point, like he's t- like I think during this codec call, like you switch over to the Colonel or to Rose or something like that, and I think I think he's talking to Rose, and Rose is like. You have to be careful, Otacon, or Jesus Christ, Raiden. Uh, like Otacon is like a known terrorist. Like you know the the their NGO is is known to do do whatever. Raiden like pushes back on that and basically says like you know it, this is a battlefield. You can't just follow order, orders blindly. You have to have your own sense of will and like determination to get what's done. You have to have your own ideology. Essentially, it's basically like you know you have to believe in something and fight for you know, free of politics and ideology or on a minefield or whatever. One must have ideology to then throw it aside <laughs> like boxing gloves and duke it out with your bros. It, it's some, like, I guess they're, tra- they're drawing a line between like political ideology and like personal ideology. That's the big thing when it comes to like the idea of outer heaven. It's not, oh, soldiers are fighting with no ideology. They're fighting independent of state ideology. They're fighting for their own ideology or whatever. Mm. whatever sense that makes we'll get into it sometime but uh so yeah Raiden pushes back on the idea of them being terrorists but then later calls snake a terrorist uh for for blowing up metal gears and such to which snake just says like yeah yeah i'd admit that like yeah i I do fucking blow shit up and i was like good snake good for you yeah he's literally like well from a certain point of view i guess i am a terrorist (laughs) yes so then so yeah that's when because i think at this point we don't officially like i don't think Raiden has said like oh are you really the solid snake um he's still kind of like piecing that idea together in his head for like for concrete example like oh you're definitely the real solid snake but basically is saying like you know okay yeah these guys are you know they're gonna go get the the hostages and yeah they do a little terrorism but like for a good reason so it's it's fine Mm -hmm. and that's when we see solidus uh he's like standing there like a fucking vampire with a cloak on him. Uh, so we don't necessarily see his like suit of armor yet, but then he eventually takes it off. And you hear him say, like, hmm, where do I know you from? So Solidus somehow knows Raiden. Hmm. It, or at least thinks he does. Uh, there's some sort of recognition there. Yeah. He also then gets, like, like this is then when Otacon and Snake fly over in the Kasatka. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, it's Snake that yells, like, uh, like, Big Boss, or not Big Boss, he's not Big Boss, I'm just looking at my notes, uh, the Solid Snake um, uh, calls himself Solid Snake or whatever, and 
real Solid Snake is like very like angrily like, no, that's not Solid Snake. It's not possible. Yeah, I, um, I had the same. I, it was like fucking Loomis with, with when Michael hits the Luddy. Like he's so fucking mad about it. Like, no, that's not possible. Yeah. And then he shoots uh, or, or Solidus gets like buff as fuck. Like he, you see him get like roided out and then Snake like starts shooting at him or, or whatever. And he, he falls he falls from the, the tanker and Snake's like, did I get him? And he, he comes up riding a Harrier. He is just mm-hmm. like on top of a Harrier, which he then gets into. And you have a boss fight, which, uh, oh, and Snake throws you a stinger uh, missile yep. launcher. Which, hmm, I remember fighting an aircraft with a stinger missile. Yeah, some sort of halfway through the game boss fight with a piece of aerial military arsenal. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> weird. Uh, I really like this boss fight. It was really, really fun, I think. Yeah, I think I liked it uh, way better than the Hind D fight. Yeah, absolutely. Given, given that it's a very similar fight, I feel like it's just a more refined version of that fight. I This is where I like the confined nature of the... Um, big shell a lot where you're on this real narrow um like kind of two level connecting bridge and having to like utilize that limited space to your advantage to be able to like dodge the harriers um missiles and to like position yourself so that you can shoot back at it it's also very cool to have like the assistance from uh snake and otacon because they do like genuinely like help distract the harriers fire from you and also do damage to it at least I don't know if that's like a difficulty specific thing, but they were doing at least some damage to the the Harrier for me. Mm, they didn't do any damage for me, but they did throw down. Uh, I don't even think they distracted it all that much, but they did throw down like supplies, like Stinger missiles and rations. Yeah. Um, and I like that with the help. You, if you have the Stinger out, you can target the helicopter. Oh. So hmm. it it has like kind of another layer of. Because there were a few times where I, I didn't almost target the helicopter, but like the Harrier and the helicopter were really close in my sight. So I had to make sure I was shooting one, not the other, which I really like as like a mechanic because, you know, they have their own health bar. So at first I was like, oh, the Harrier is going to attack the helicopter, which they never did for me. But it, so in reality, it ended up being like, a oh, I have to be careful not to accidentally shoot snake in them um and yeah with the with the two layers to the bridge um when the harrier starts like bombarding you with like missiles or uh machine gun fire it adds like another layer of like oh i can like jump down because there's more places to hide but there's also not as much like uh sight lines to then shoot back so you have to like to balance the defense and offense and yeah it's just a fun fight it it, w- yeah. it went really fast it wasn't like you know, one of the problems with the hind D fight is it just went on forever, um, right. whereas this one was a lot better. Yeah, there's there's two things that really I think make this an improvement is like the one of the problems with the hind D fight is there was just so much time where it would like dip below your sight light or mm-hmm. sight line, um, and you just basically have to wait for it to pop back out to do any damage. It just felt like the fight kind of gets paused for a bit. Um, which I guess is fine. Like you get that chance to like, you know, reposition yourself or pick up ammo or whatever you need to do. But, um, just happened so much. It was like, Oh my God, this is taking forever. Um, then that doesn't happen. Like the, the Harrier does do like fly arounds, but they're very quick cause it's a Harrier and it's fast. <laughs> um, uh, so not a lot of downtime between like opportunities to either be like dodging fire or, um, uh, shooting it yourself. And also there's like more opportunities where like, um, the Harrier just kind of like, 
stays in a fixed position close enough to you that you don't even really have to lock on. You can just kind of very quickly aim up and shoot a missile and do damage to it. So I felt like I was got, getting a lot of really good shots in on it, um, where it felt like the hair or the hind D fight was way more like, okay, I've got to figure out where the hind is going to pop up and then kind of pre-aim myself and then wait for the lock on and then shoot the missile. This was a lot more like, oh, I've got an opportunity. Let me just fire off a missile real quick. So it felt way more like dynamic. Um, and then uh, also like just the aiming and everything is a lot more yeah uh, refined as, in this game. Yeah, as the gameplay gets more refined and like there's more options available, the the MGS series really comes into its comes into itself. Um, and yeah, I like w like when it does do like oh it flies away kind of thing. It's almost its own challenge because you have to like keep an eye out for it. Also, the fact that there's an indicator on your radar as to where it is is really nice. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep an eye out for it because when it does its return flight to come back to you, it's shooting missiles. So you have to like keep aim at it, shoot it as it's coming towards you, and then get out of the way. So it's like an added layer of both opportunity, but then also difficulty. So it's 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 a fun, really, really fun fight, I think. Assuming you got hit at least once, how much damage did like one hit from oh, the, like, like missiles? Most of my health. <laughs> okay. Because this is another one of the things about playing on easy where I would get hit and I'd be like, oh, that's like, that's like nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I could take these all day. Um, so like the, the, the damage drop off is pretty significant uh, from easy to normal. Yeah, every, I think it's basically two missile hits would kill me. Gotcha. Oh, also this just reminded me like, I, did, I, I don't think I got it until when I loaded up my save for this play session, but I did get a dog tag from Fat Man. I don't remember whose dog tag it was. It's uh, Peter Stillman's. Okay. But I did because I was I was confused whether I got one or not, and uh, I did. Just remembered that that we so we defeat the Harrier. Well, that well we kind of defeat the Harrier, but then Metal Gear Ray shows up and chomps on the Harrier. <laughs> yeah, or ca like catches it. Yeah, in its mouth, and and Ryan's like Metal Gear, it's already active. Mm -hmm. And uh, boy howdy, my legitimate PS2. Uh, was not having fun with this cutscene because there's a lot of stuff going on uh, between like missiles getting launched and like water effects and everything. But yeah, so Ray is already active, which is not great. And then we find out also that Vamp was piloting the Harrier. Yeah, I just have like in my notes like, wait, what? Vamp was on the Harrier too? <laughs> and once they get like put down in the water, I guess, or maybe they're still being picked up or carried, I don't know. But uh, Vamp starts running along the water. Yeah. Because he's he's a special little boy. <laughs> Which, like, Raiden goes, what's that? And Snake just goes, it's running on water. Like, <laughs> that is what it is. That's true. Uh, we also see that Solidus loses an eye. Yes. Punished Solidus. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the the, the long-running tradition of eye trauma in this uh, series. I guess we don't, I mean, this is the first time someone's gotten eye trauma so far, but... I was going to say, I was trying to rack my brain for guys with eye things in... The, uh, the start one. of a long-running series of eye trauma in this game. Ah, from humble beginnings. Yes. Uh, and also a weird situation where someone doesn't have eye trauma, but they do have an eye patch, but it, we'll see. Hmm. And so at this point, Raiden does 100% realize, like, you are Solid Snake, aren't you? And Snake's like, yeah. And this is also, like, this is where, like, they talk about, like, what they've been doing. Like, oh, yeah, we're, we're an anti-Metal Gear cause. Uh, Ocelot is here for his personal beliefs. Like, he wants to, uh, like, we both want to stop the Metal Gear. 
but Ocelot's also here for a person. I don't think they say explicitly, but, you know, obviously we know that it's Emma or E.E. Yeah, this is also where we can get confirmation that um, uh, the thing about Liquid's body being buried in the place of Solid Snake, Otacon, just straight up tells us that. Right. He, and Raiden's like, oh, Solid Snake, you're a legend. You know, you've been fighting. I Like, he basically says, like, I don't want to be here. Like, I want nothing more than to go home. How, why are you here? Like, how could you come back to fighting? And Snake's like, oh, you, oh, and also he, uh, uh, Raiden's like, oh, you're you're a legend, Snake. And Snake's like, oh, le- legends are just things that are spoken and and passed along. They're not real. Um, which obviously is is echoed in MGS one. But Os, uh, he he says, my best friend once told me, which I I believe he means Ocelot, both in the context of best friend, but also like I think Ocelot says this in MGS one. Like, we're not tools for the government. We, we do our own thing. Like, we stand for what we believe in, which is, you know, nuclear disarmament and destroying Metal Gears. And also, Ocelot's here for his sister, or half-sister, stepsister. You mean Otacon. Yes, sorry. Yeah, Otacon. And that's when Raiden's like, but but what you're doing is not activism. It's it's terrorism. And, and Snake's like, yeah, you, you could call it that, I guess. Uh, but we're still going to do it. And Snake... And Otacon kind of give like their their thesis statement of the series or of the game where he's like, yeah, we're not tools for the government. We, you know, we have to fight for the future. We can't just give up and let things be how they are. We have to like fight for securing the future. We can't, you know, it's that kind of don't, you can't leave the world. I'm trying to think of, mm, no, I was going to quote something, but it's from MGS4. I'm not going to quote it. Mm. Or actually, it might be from MGS3 or both. But yeah, basically, like, you know, silence is violence and you need to fight for what you believe in, for your right to party. And then we it cuts over to talking to the colonel, who is mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, that's that that really was Solid Snake. Uh, you two used to work together. You know, what's going on here? Da 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 da. And Colonel says, like, th- they're not important to this. They weren't part of the simulation. So ignore them and keep going. Yeah, I have that screenshot of my notes where he says uh, they were never part of the simulation. They're an unknown factor. And then in my notes, I have the what now? <laughs> um, and the well, the fact that Raiden doesn't say like what simulation, I assume that they like ran a simulation of this mission to prepare for it, to like plan for it. Mm-hmm. I assume that's what he meant. But yeah, the word simulation just gets thrown out there. And I'm like, yeah. what's what are you talking about? Well, again, I have th- I have thoughts and feelings about where all this is going, and seeing that was like, you know, like alarms going off of like, mm, okay, <laughs> don't like don't want to say too much now because I'm just gonna you know wait for the game to play itself out and see what actually happens. But I've got uh big big brain ideas about this game uh yeah which is fun it's fun it's fun to like i feel like some of the like core like reveals and mysteries of like mgs1 were fun when they happened but i wasn't as actively thinking about like oh clearly something's up what is it um as much as i am in this game Um, so i'm really digging the story of this one um and then yeah like uh (laughs) oh my god this whole conversation is great because like uh like the colonel's basically just trying to deny that that's really like snake, um, and he's like, okay, well, that, I, I'll give you that that's Otacon, but that's a that's a terrorist, so <laughs> don't associate with them. And then Raiden's just like, but I'm confused. I read about you and you worked with Snake. I read about it in the Darkness on Shadow Moses. Or whatever. 
which is funny. Um, uh, and then I think he says this about Snake. I have this in my uh, the screenshot of my notes of the colonel saying, uh, I don't give a damn what that piece of trash said. <laughs> um, oh, no, he's talking about I, the book. He, he's, he's saying oh, that. Oh, yes. Okay. Like, yeah, the yeah. book is the piece of trash. <laughs> Yeah, and basically just tells Ryan to fuck off. Like, don't don't think, just do. Which earlier we got Ryan pushing against that idea. Ryan says, like, you know, you need to have your own will, your own, like, desires. Uh, you can't just follow orders. So, obviously, now we have that kind of tension. Um, uh, and when I... So, obviously, this is where we stopped. Uh, so, I went to save, and then Rose was, like, super pushy. <laughs> was like... Yeah. I, I can't stand not knowing about you, Raiden. You have to tell me your entire backstory right now. And Raiden's like, look, I'll, I'll tell you later. Like, like, isn't it enough that I love you? And she's like, no, I can't bear to not know everything about you kind of thing. And it's like, mm. whoa, what are you doing? Like, what what's going on here? Feels very, I don't think I got that. I, I, I was definitely get some of the like, oh, she's getting more like pushy about wanting to know his backstory. But it feels very like, almost like aimed at the player, you know, of like, because again, like the whole thing about when this game came out is people were mad that they had to play like a Leonardo DiCaprio pretty boy instead <laughs> of gruff, solid snake. And so it's like, it's almost like the player character, or the, the, the player yelling at the player character of like, tell me your backstory. Why are you cool? <laughs> why do I, why do I care about you? Why am I not playing a solid snake? Um, I took this opportunity to spam uh, dialogue with uh, or uh, codec calls with um, Snake because um, you get some unique ones now that you because we've kind of just been saying it the whole time. But this also around here is when like Raiden gets confirmation that, oh, Pliskin is Snake uh, because that wasn't obvious. Um, and so like you get some codec conversations with Snake about that um, uh, and specifically about him being Iroquois Pliskin. And the funny thing is the conversation starts with like Raiden going like, okay, so I get the Pliskin part. <laughs> it's like, hey, we all know what's up. We don't need to talk about Escape from New York here. Uh, <laughs> but why why Iroquois? And Snake says, uh, Iroquois is a Francified version of the Algonquin word for rattlesnakes and that the Algonquin were one of the many groups of Native Americans who called Manhattan Island their home. Oh, okay. He also says, by the way, Manhattan means Island of Hills in Algonquin. That does sound like something Snake would just know offhand, by the way. Like, yeah. especially in the con, like thinking back to um, Vulcan Raven being like, oh, the, the Muck Tuck and, and all this other stuff, and him just, and Snake being like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I could just imagine Snake just like having that. And like, he has like three parts of his brain like Huskies, uh, helicopter sounds, and uh, Algonquin. Yeah, like factoids about indigenous people. Yes. <laughs> And then uh, uh, somehow none of these screenshots made their way into my notes, but um, I guess because Vamp shows up again to like come out of the pop out of the Harrier and and do some water running. Which, by the way, you know there are, there are many types of, of vampires in in media. What what type of vampire uh, would you describe Vamp as? Because I have an answer, but I'm curious what you would say. He's bisexual. Mm -hmm. Runs on water. He's also doing lots of like sick like jumps and and wall running and stuff in this like, like a Twilight vampire exactly yeah yes. yeah okay <laughs> it just like clicked into place for me when once he was like doing the wall running it was like uh, Vamp is a hundred percent gonna call um, uh, ride in a, a spider monkey my little spider monkey um, 
Stephanie Meyer eat your heart out. <laughs> exactly. Kojima got here first. <laughs> um, but because I guess Vamp shows back up, one of the uh, conversations I got to have with Snake uh, was the whole backstory on Vamp and uh, why they call him Vamp. Mm. <laughs> it's like, oh, so that's why they call him Vamp because he's a vampire. It's like, no, you you insensitive asshole. They call him Vamp because he's bisexual. <laughs> um, that's never not going to be the funniest thing in the world to me. <laughs> And it's fine that he's he's not lovers, but more than friends with Fortune. Yeah. Even though that he was his he was her father's lover, which I love. I love how like you know what's this uh or Jesus Christ Raiden <laughs> is like oh but like that like the fa- like he was his father's lover, and uh, Snake's like would it have been better if it was her mother? And it's like, damn, get his ass. Yeah, the the delivery on that is great. Uh, and also the delivery on, um, I think after that, he says, like, I don't think they give a shit what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like, I don't, th- I don't think they care about what you think about them. Um, it's just like, wow, ally snake. <laughs> I mean, we say ally, but we know he's gay. He's, he's here with his boyfriend. That's um, true. It's all true. Which I will say, um, I... I, I've been a big fan of the like 3D uh, model character portraits and the codec calls in this game. Uh, the one that I vastly prefer the MGS1 like uh, 2D sprite over the 3D model is Otacon. Same. The glasses fucked me up. The glasses are like opaque. Yeah, and also like he he's got like way too like defined of like a like a jawline and like a neck. You know, he like he looks like he's way more muscular than like I imagine like. Like Otacon is this like dainty little waif, um, <laughs> and, uh, really fucking with my mental image of of that. Oh, um, you'll love MGS4 Otacon. I do keep like you've said this before to me, and um, probably dangerously so. Uh, uh, recently followed somebody who uh, for for uh, followed them for other reasons, but they make good Metal Gear fan art as well. Um, and I've seen Snake and Otacon referred to in that game as like. Uh, uh, the gay dads, <laughs> mm-hmm. two gay dads. Um, so I'm very excited to get to whatever that is. Yeah, no, it's like an MGS4. He's like always wearing like a turtleneck, and he has like his little glasses on. He's just like, ooh, I'm like something like he's just so like like Silicon Valley like tech bro, but like not in character, like not in personality, but like in that kind of like look. appearance. Yeah, where he has like the uh smart casual, I guess. He's about to give a press conference about the new uh, iPod Nano. Exactly. It's kind of funny how the codec images are used. Like, so in MGS1, we have static images for the most part. MGS2, it's 3D. MGS3, it goes back to portrait. MGS4 is fully, like, it's not just like a portrait. It's like a whole image or a whole mm. video. MGS5 and Peace Walker are audio only, I think. Um, I don't remember Peace Walker. But, like, they, they, they change a lot. And I think other than mgs1 where it's probably a technical limitation um it often reflects the time period that the things are supposed to take place in like in mgs4 like yeah you're on a codec so it's just like a vocal conversation but like there's something in that game that makes it make sense that you could see them um in mgs3 it's like oh you're not talking you're just talking on a radio kind of thing so Mm. I think I, I think I might have an idea what you mean when you say there's something that allows that in MGS4. This is where I say that um, I just recently got a copy of Cameron Kudzelman's book, uh, "The World Is Born from Zero," which is a book about um, 
speculation uh, in science fiction and video games. Uh, and I started to read the introduction, which immediately just launches straight into the plot of MGS4. And I was oh. like, damn, I can't, I, I can't read this book until we <laughs> finish that game. Uh, but kind of uh, outlines part of the premise of that game, um, which I'm not, I, I'm not going super out of my way to avoid spoilers on these games. But I am trying to go in as like with as little information as possible on top of what I already know. Uh, just like second and third hand, um, but I'm like mad that I read that. But it was definitely just funny to be like, "Oh, LOL!" From the first sentence of this book, <laughs> he's spoiling Metal Gear for me. Uh, <laughs> Got to put it down, um, which is a shame because I was excited to read that. But um, uh, I'm gonna put the the blinders on uh, for the rest of that. But it does make me excited to to figure out whatever the fuck is going on in that game because from the like paragraph I read sounds wild. Um, <laughs> could not have, could not have exactly guessed, uh, any of those details, but I'll probably forget about what I read by the time we actually play that game. Uh, cause it'll be a while. Mm. Um, so that's, that's where you stopped right after the Harrier fight. Yes. Because I wasn't sure where exactly we were stopping, so I did a little bit more, which is basically just like there's like a kind of platforming section to navigate across like the destroyed bridge, which I kept on falling off of. Is the only thing to say. <laughs> um, and there's a bit where you could slip on bird poop, which was very funny, but it was like the third or fourth time I died trying to do it, and so it's like, damn, <laughs> that really <laughs> had to happen to me. Um, that's that's maybe the one part where the controls and the like narrowness of everything was against me is trying to not fall off of. Uh, narrow walkways and stuff. It's kind of wild that uh, I was thinking like, oh, it's going to be wild before we get to uh, MGS4 because we, I was like, oh, we have MGS3, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then I thought there was Peace Walker, but no, Peace Walker came out after 4. Um, so it's only two games away and uh, the these games aren't that long. You know, like, I wouldn't say that I would want to do it all in one sitting, but I think my save file time is up to like five hours right now. Yeah, I think I'm at like five and a half. Yeah, I could definitely like see myself if I were just playing this, you know, off the cuff. It would be I could see myself doing like shell one in one night and shell two in another kind yeah. of thing. Like it it because totally. it, it has that flow. It has like it's you know obviously you can find stopping points, but it's like oh this is like just one thing leads to another, and then you know you're all of a sudden you're at you're at shell two. Definitely. Excited to see what's next, which makes me ask the question, what are we uh, playing up to for next time? One of these days, I will remember to uh, uh, <laughs> look this up ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. I'm looking at this walkthrough. It's like parts one through seven. We are at part six. <laughs> according, really? Yeah, according to this guide, uh, part, wild. part five is... Batman's grand finale to to the end of infiltrating the Shell Core, uh, and then Part Six's uh, excursion from to the Shell One Two connecting bridge, and eventually uh, okay. uh, Shell Two Core. But yeah, it's like a th- like three hours left, you know, in, th- in this person's run through, uh, or four hours left almost. So I think it's fine to to play through it. So yeah, I guess for next time, uh, me and you are gonna finish the game. And then we'll we'll see how many episodes that turns into with how we re- record this thing, but um, uh, just makes sense that we just do all of Shell too, and then we'll we'll break that up accordingly. Uh, I am very excited to see where this game goes. Um, this is this is maybe a good chance to say I have a mental image of like the last scene of this game, 
I've seen I've seen enough footage of this game that I know what the like final image is, but I have no context for it. Mm. So I'm like I'm like trying to reverse engineer like how do we get there, um, and uh, it's it's exciting to to slowly inch closer towards that. My biggest memory of the ending is that at a certain point, it's just like maybe over an hour of codec conversations. Hell yeah. Yeah. At the time, as a kid, I was like, this fucking sucks. But like now I'm like, fuck yeah, let's fucking go. Just dump all the info on me. And the the biggest danger, I think when I first played it, is I accidentally hit like X or something, which like is like the go to next thing, go to go to the next phrase button for the codec conversation Mm -hmm. and there's no way to go from that back into the conversation yeah like you can't say oh i hit the like i skipped to the next line now keep reading the lines like no it's done so yeah i'd be very careful to just put down the controller when that happens but yeah a lot of a lot of really interesting stuff to go going forward i'm very excited to get like messages at like 3 a.m like oh my god like Mm -hmm. can you believe such and such but um but yeah uh, looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, this has been yet another episode of Grind My Metal Gears. You can follow us on Twitter at GrindMyMGS. Uh, you can uh, send us emails uh, with questions, concerns, stories. How were you inadvertently spoiled to the beginning of MGS4? Um, oh, if it's just the not beginning. Be- not begin- or not the beginning, but like the premise. <laughs> the premise of oh, MGS4. Okay. Um, uh, you can send those to GrindMyMetalGears at gmail.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Chai underscore squared. You can find me and Danny's sister podcast, Under the Kotatsu, at Under the Kotatsu on Twitter and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, what are we watching right now? I think by the time this comes out, we'll have finished Space Dandy, mm-hmm. which we've been having a gay old time with. That show is a lot of fun. Um, and those episodes have been a lot of fun to make and record. Uh, Danny, where can people find you? Uh, you could find me at Cover Me and Sus on Twitter. And did you did you say the Twitter handle for this podcast? Yes, at Grind My MGS because okay. Grind My Metal Gears is too many characters. Damn it, Elon! It's the only way I would support Elon Musk is if he <laughs> so if I can make my Twitter handle longer. Yeah, exactly. There's a nice ring to grind my MGS. I guess like well, I don't know if it would have been taken or not, but I like uh, you had shortened this in like a Discord conversation to uh, GMMG, uh, which also has a nice ring to mm. it. Could have gotten at GMMG, but four letters like that seems like it could have already been taken by something awful. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that'll do it for us for this time, for this this extra beefy episode. It seemed like too little to split apart into <laughs> into mm-hmm. multiple episodes, uh, but it ended up being, being a lot to talk about, I guess. But until next time, remember, uh, as Ocelot says, never trust a Frenchman. <laughs>